that's the highlights of quality from a recording. You, Toby doing ASMR. <laughs> That's, anyway. how you, that's, that's how you get the listens. People love ASMR, so you know. It is a big thing, isn't it? People fucking love that stuff. Guarantee there's a Batman the animated series one. I guarantee. If oh, there's there not, be. if there's not, there's not. That's my tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Fill in the void. <laughs> just, just I you, Tommy. I don't know if you know, but what we tend to do is we do a bit of recording before we actually do the podcast and i always put a snippet of it before the intro music and this okay. is definitely going to be it <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect you say you you've basically promised it batman asmr to the market, so. <laughs> Hello everyone, and welcome once again to The Phantom Zone, your comic book reading club. My name is Chris Buick, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow comic book lover, Ian Money. Hello. And this, and hello, and this week we have a guest, another comic book lover, maybe even more so than Ian, Ian's words, not mine. Uh, we have Toby. How are you both? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm, you know, doing well, you know, excited, you know, doing doing good, doing good. Excited for any particular reason, or just generally excited? Just generally in life, just everything's that's, just a rip roaring I mean, adventure. I mean, that's great. I'm happy what a for day you. to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's a I Sunday, mean, everyone. It's a Sunday. <laughs> it's a Sunday in November, and the World Cup is on. What? <laughs> <laughs> move what on. Move heck? on. What move is going on. on? Yeah, move on. Um, I say. I also say comic book reading club. Although after last week's episode, I'm yeah. not entirely sure anymore. What is what our you two are, anymore? I what don't know. Doing? I went away for one week, and <laughs> the podcast just descended into chaos. What the ship's adrift? I don't know, yeah. man. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it was a good episode. I just don't know where we stand and what we do now. So um, I, I like to think we're just a nice place to talk. We're just <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Phantom Zone. A nice place. A nice place. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, we are here this week on what will actually be a bit more of a somber episode than we would normally do. Um, we are here to discuss the late and great Kevin Conroy, uh, the man who voiced Batman for over 30 years, starting all the way back in 1992 with Batman, the animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into that, we do have our nerd news. So, Ian, if you'd like to tee us up, seeing as Simone's not here. Nerd news! <laughs> That's good. It's good. Solid. Like it. Like it. Um, I, you, before the podcast, you were like, you got to go just go with your heart. And I was like, when you said it, it was panic. I literally yeah. panicked. <laughs> <laughs> just do full corn. Just do full corn. <laughs> yeah. It's the safe option, right? Yeah. I'm going to clip all these together at some point and just have them as like a weird message tone for everyone. <laughs> so, um, We do have two bits in our news that, Ian, I think you wanted to discuss. One in particular you were excited about, about, uh, a filmmaker of yours that you really want to talk about. So go ahead. A filmmaker, a a prophet of our time, our Lord and Saviour has returned. Neil Breen, the the auteur of filmmaking, uh, has has announced, he actually announced it last month, I just completely missed it. Uh, He has announced that he is making a new film. Now, for those who are not, you know, awoken to his work yet which trust me you'll need to be uh neil breen is a so bad it's good sort of director in the vein of tommy Wiseau. but the difference between him and tommy Wiseau, like the room is obviously a classic but tommy Wiseau has not been able to capture that that lightning again he's not been able to do that sort of film again because now he's self-aware and he's trying to make a funny film whereas neil breen is earnestly trying to create what he thinks is a great film and every time he has people like my, myself who love it because it's so bad it's good. He just genuinely will think I don't get it. And that's fine. Like, maybe I don't. And maybe I need to, you know, keep watching them to understand. But in the meantime, I can enjoy it. He is a fantastic filmmaker. He's done Double Down, which I love. I Am Here Now, which has four ellipses, <laughs> hence the pause. Then you have Fateful Findings, which is a classic um, Twisted Pair. And then there's one more which I haven't seen, which is I'm I'm, I'm letting myself down. But we are waiting for the, his sixth film, and uh, honestly, I cannot wait. If if you want to see more, go to a YouTube channel called uh, called Your Movie Suck. It's an amazing channel. I know it sounds a bit 
controversial from the title, but he's actually an amazing like reviewer of films, and I, I, that's where I found Neil Breen. So do yourself a favor, go to that and wait like me for the words of our our Lord and Savior, that is Neil Breen. Sounds great. I can't wait. I, you know me. I love a I love a film that is just so absurd and crazy that. It's just a good time. I'm looking at the filmography on Wikipedia now, and I love how, like a lot, of, a lot of directors, filmmakers will have multiple jobs on the on on the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I know what on, you're going to talk And he's like yeah. director, writer, fine, producer, okay, actor, okay, editor, yeah, musical director, amazing. I mean, the, it, it, when you see his films, like this is one of the, my favorite parts of watching a Neil Breen film. I can't spoil his films because they are nonsensical, but. The the end of his films, the credits will have everybody that's involved with the film, and just list after list will be Neil Breen, Neil Breen, Neil Breen, and he's like. Then there's one which is like lighting none. Why did you credit somebody for a job that they didn't do? You just put like <laughs> you didn't need to put it. Don't put it in, Neil. You didn't need to. But then in another it's one, he did, he did B and B stores did the food and. Oh, something uh, numero uno or something, and then at the end he had like a big disclaimer saying any name that had a B or an N in was actually done by Neil Breen. <laughs> wow, <laughs> um, Toby, have you seen any of Neil Breen's filmography? I, I I gotta say, all I've ever seen is clips, and I mean he's a living meme. Um, <laughs> oh god, yeah. <laughs> I'm also just sort of having a quick look on on his pictures as well and he's uh he's something else it's just the acting talent just pours out of the image and just gives me the sense of what he has as a character and i think he transcends what <laughs> <laughs> what most common people would know as a cinema um auteur so i mean i i, I can't tell you what ian's seen with some of these films yet but um <laughs> i I think You'll thank me later. Universe. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> well, is 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 I mean, is there a specific film we should be? Faithful findings. Faithful, faithful findings. findings. That, that, is, it's is an is easy answer. One? Faithful findings is the the that's where every person should start and then work. Is that backwards. his magnum opus? It is. Faithful yeah. findings. Well, faithful <laughs> findings is just like an absolute perfection. It's there's it it's so bizarre. It's mental. Like I can't actually fully describe like. He's a like super genius like computer hacker who's trying to hack onto government secrets to reveal them to society. But then he's also got a love affair with a girl that he knew when he was younger when they were like kids. But then they got possessed by like some sort of ghost. Like I don't really know, and you don't really need to know. It's not the point of the story. It's the journey of how we get there. And with Neil Breen, you're guaranteed a journey. It's a is, it's a magical mystery tour. Like, is it one of those thi- Is it one of those things where if I watch all his films in one go, I'm going to have a, a an episode myself? It's <laughs> <laughs> a breakdown. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe actually. Yeah, I think possibly. Like I got to see yeah. Twisted Pair in Prince Charles Theatre in in London and uh, with an audience, and it was fantastic. Like he is. It's just like. I can't I just can't describe his films it's so difficult like there isn't really something to like with with the room there's like it's very quotable like there are quotes in Neil Breen's films but it is just more of like as I feel like it's like that actually I just thought of it it's like I imagine it's what it would be like to do mushrooms now I've never done <laughs> mushrooms but I imagine Neil Breen watching that film is just like what mushrooms is like so go watch it <laughs> I mean, you've always been really masochistic with the movies that you watch. You yeah. seem to rev the worse they are, the more enjoyment you get. Yeah. I just want to curl up into a ball and die whenever I think of these I'm, sort of things. I'm the same. Anything that's kind of cringy, I just kind of want to shy away from whatever's yeah, happening yeah. and just go, <laughs> I, I need to leave. To Whereas Ian, Ian, you seem to fully embrace these. Oh, things. I love it. I love it. I love it. One of my one of our top experiences recently was watching Cats. That was so good. I loved I that so much. I, I but that's a different story. It. Having said that, I'm a massive advocate for the Sharknado films. Keep making them. So, you know, <laughs> you know uh, I, I, I'm mainly shark films, you know. If it's a bad shark film, I'm all there. Shark so, films. Just get yeah. a shark in a film. Just yeah. even if it's in space, get it in there. Just get if it this in Neil there. Breen film has a shark in it, it's going to well, be we, You don't know. The new one might. It could the do. He might. could play the shark. He could oh, do anything. Yes, oh, Neil. Do it. Do it, Neil. <laughs> There you go. You've heard it here first. Neil Friend's next film is a shark movie. The duality of man and shark. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, nice. I get, 
on to less exciting news. Um, <laughs> we are here to less uh, exciting. Oh well, oh, no, we got Black Panther as well. That's Smash Black Adam. That is that is less that's exciting. Just, that's news. just an obse- observation. In, in, in more that it's unsurprising. <laughs> in more is. that I feel validated with my despising of Black Adam. Yes. So this is the news that for those who may be surprised, I don't know why, that <laughs> in, the, in the very short time Black Panther has been out, it's already surpassed the box office for Black Adam in its entire run so yeah. far. Yeah. Um, which I think, look at, oh, I've got it here. The total box office is just shy of half a billion dollars right now. Damn. So Jesus. that's not a bad return on, uh, I mean, obviously it's a Marvel film. And we still pretty big for a Marvel film, right? Though. Yeah. yeah. Like... And look, these films still bring in the money, regardless of what we said about them in the past and their recent output being sketchy, I think. Poor. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's go with that. And <laughs> we'll um... do another episode that we can all rendezvous, the four of us. Toby, I'm sure you have thoughts about Phase 4. We can all come on and discuss yeah. Phase 4. Is, yeah. this the first, is this the first sort of near billion they've made since Spider-Man? Because that, that must be made it, didn't it? Right? Yeah, that did. Yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah, because be. they they re-released it just to make more money. Tap that well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, they did with the with the extra fun bits or whatever they. Call yeah, it. I didn't see I that. Can't remember I mean, the extra fun bits? I didn't I, even see that. There's more. There's more with the three Spider-Man, and there's some other bits in there. They have one more villain to finally just have the f- Sinister Six, like they fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they brought back Rhino. And, uh, <laughs> Good. Paul Giamatti's Rhino was in it. No, I'm joking. Yeah, um, but they did release it, and like, yes, the we we were. I think we were fairly positive on No Way Home. At the it's time. all right. Yeah, I think, said, I, said, right. I think I said if you think about it too much, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, but I think you could say that for a lot of Marvels. Not the time. We are, I could get really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't think. Open that door, Ian. <laughs> yeah, don't open yeah. the door. Don't look in there. I Move think, away um... from it. Move away. <laughs> I, th- I think the, the main takeaway here is that Marvel is still outperforming DC. Uh, yeah, big time. Yeah. And it has, it has been for a long, long time. And it. And we spoke obviously briefly about the whole James Gunn coming on board, and mm-hmm. maybe that'll be a new uh, era. But this is uh, this is, I guess, just an indicator that the 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 ties haven't changed at all. Uh, mm. Marvel still did more of a draw for people than DC. Yeah, um, and I, I think, think that. No, sorry, carry on, carry on. Carry on I was just saying, I think uh, I haven't seen Black Panther yet. Um, it's good. It's I haven't good. had Yeah, from your from the episode you and Simone did last Go week. Listen to it now, everybody. You should absolutely stop listen listening to, to this one. No, yes. did he keep listening to this one and <laughs> no, then listen, listen to, to this, this one? Listen to yeah, one yeah, listen after. To <laughs> it's my mistake. Go listen to this one and then. We talked about this, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> just stop listening, in general. Put your fingers in your ears. Just stop. Um, but it's really good that people are going to see it for, I guess, the late Chadwick Boseman because I understand yeah. it's quite a good tribute. To it her. really is. Yeah, it is. It is. Tonally, it's a lot darker as we we mentioned, but like it is very good. Um, what I was going to mention, just to pull it back to DC though, because obviously this is you are right that this does just show that Marvel is still even in a phase which I think we will get into it in a different episode, but a phase that we're probably not as infused on as the previous ones. They're still outperforming DC. It's interesting you mentioned James Gunn, because I also saw today in the news, bringing up more nerd news, off the cuff, seamless, but the, um, the I saw he said that writing Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was like a bit of a nightmare for him, because of obviously him being fired and being brought back on, and mm. it, quite a lot of tension there for him with Marvel, and, and then also I saw that he, I mean, you might have seen this, Toby, that they, I think there's been suggestions that they're going to bring some like quite weird DC characters to the forefront, so obviously... He brought um what's his face oh my god i oh. mean his suicide squad he brought in the th- i mean they'd brought it in the cw universe but you got the thinker used by james capaldi yeah you've got peter capaldi sorry not james capaldi. You, get, you get lewis in there as well and start singing king shark i mean they brought a whole bunch of starro that was yeah. the biggest one obviously starro was cool pun intended um <laughs> I mean, I think with uh, James Gunn, the weird and the wacky are always sort of fair game. And I, I think, think he, he mentioned teased... maybe Dead Man, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, Dead Man would be brilliant. And yeah. um, uh, he teased, I think, recently Mr. Terrific. Yeah, that'd and, be cool. That'd be really yeah, which cool. would be awesome. And yeah. um, a very strange conversation with uh, uh, 
uh, Jason Momoa in an interview lately yeah. where he was talking about being Lobo. Yeah. And it, I mean, yeah, you can have dual roles. Um, I mean, lots of characters do it in, in, in Marvel at the moment. I think, mm. wasn't it Gemma Chan? She's done two different roles. She was in Miss Marvel and then recently The Eternals. Mm-hmm. Well, not Miss mm-hmm. Marvel. Um, Captain Marvel. Captain mm-hmm. Marvel. Um, so, I mean, sky's the limit. You could get Lobo. Michelle Yeoh has been in two roles as well. Yeah. She was in Shang-Chi and Guardians. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So It's just happen. quite a big role, isn't it? Like, Lobo yeah. is not a... Uh, you know, because usually with the these people... Yeah, it'd be pretty good. I mean, it is really good casting. I mean, I, it's not that I think he's bad casting for Aquaman, but, you know, when you think of Jason Momoa, Lobo would be really just like... Yeah, really spot fit on. to his strengths. Yeah, like, I don't think he'd need really a costume. Just turn up on set, paint him white and rock and roll. <laughs> that's it. Like, that's just all you'd need to do. But, like, it, it's... Yeah, I mean, James Gunn has definitely made me a bit more exciting, particularly if he is going to lean into that weird stuff. Like the Suicide Squad was really good, so yeah, I think I think I think I would also like that as well. For a while, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. That's nerd news for you. Lovely. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice stuff. And it links quite well. DC linking to the next thing. Yes, it, it <laughs> does indeed. Um, we are here to speak about DC, I guess, related news. Um, Probably news that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing shook the three of us when yeah. we when we heard big about time. this. Yeah, big time. This I actually was... heard from it from you, Toby. Like I saw yeah. it on your Instagram, and I was like, Jesus! And I had yeah. to like check if it was correct. I I remember. So this for, again, just to clarify, we are here to talk about Kevin Conroy, who since uh, 1992 when the Batman, the the animated series started, he has been the voice of Batman in uh, countless projects, mm-hmm. video games, TV, films, all kinds of tie-in things. You know, he's been the voice of the animated Batman that we've grown up with mm-hmm. for years. He very sadly passed away uh, on November 10th, the not so old age of 66, it's not young, an old age, it's too young, um, from uh, what I understand was a short battle with cancer, mm-hmm. but um, he never really announced that he was ill at any nope. point. So for everyone, it was a, a kind of a shock. So we wanted to take this chance to, I guess, kind of reflect on Kevin Conroy's work, uh, his life as the voice of Batman and what he mean, meant to each of us and what mm. he really brought to every project he was in. Uh, not just, and not what he just meant to us, but so many people, you've seen so many people over the last couple of weeks um, with tributes to him and just, he seemed like the loveliest guy. Uh, so yeah, I just, we thought we'd just speak about him. So Ian, um, when did you first, I guess, discover Kevin Conroy's The Voice of Batman and like what kind of impact has that had for you? Well, yeah, I mean, I think probably, I mean, I, I can't assume for all three of us, but I think the Batman, the animated series, is, you know, the, yeah, the, yeah it's, it's the starting point of that. And I, it wasn't actually the Batman I grew up with. I actually had on CBBC, I remember this quite well, there was um, a Batman which was like, it had the intro, and I think we've talked about this before, Toby, in the many times we were working hard in the Batman. office. Uh, the Batman, and the intro the was like Batman. Batman. Like, yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, you remember. That was actually quite good, but yeah, that was good. it made me like want to start watching more Batman material and reading Batman comics and stuff, and that was one of my first like comic book memories. Uh, and then that got me to watch the animated show, uh, the animated series, I should say. But and that like, uh, I, that the 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 one on CBC we just mentioned is good, but man, the animated show is just like miles ahead. Not well, that's a bit harsh on that one, but it is just like really good. And you know, for me, one thing that really stood out, and it's just like I know it's not really a Batman story, and I I, I sh- we are going to discuss probably one of the best Batman stories with Mask of the Phantasm. But I just really remember Heart of Ice like really well. And just the whole like episode and how well that was put together and how it's not just like a good cartoon. It was just like a really amazing episode of like TV and art. And it was just so well put together. Yep. The, the music was amazing. And Kevin Conroy really brings something to the role of batman and i'm sure toby you'll discuss because i know you definitely have talked about this before 
Batman, uh, Kemp Batman. Well, that's that's how closely he's Batman. He is Batman. Yeah, he, he is, is Batman. Batman. He is you Batman. so closely link his voice to Batman. You just go, it's yeah. Batman. But Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill's like connection together in that yeah. show was just sublime. Hmm. So yeah, that's kind of my introduction to to it. But my my memories of it are just like perfect, like a perfect Batman performance. Yeah. Probably the best one in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Toby? Would you say that you know, obviously. Batman the Animated Series, I think for me and I guess for yourself would be the first introduction to Kevin Conroy. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with everything that Ian said in terms of sentiment there for Kevin Conroy. He is, and Mark Hamill, they are the two of them so closely linked, um, much like the characters Batman and the Joker. Um, I, I read comic books. Every time I read a panel in the comics, I see something from Batman. I just picture Kevin Conroy's voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, every game I've played, you know, the Arkham series. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if either of you have played them, but oh, yeah. they were fantastic. And they just carried forward what the animated series um, sort of fleshed out. It was just, he, he was beyond what you'd sort of expect uh, from the character, you know, from animated series back in the day, it was just you got one or two who sort of stood out, like Peter Cullen with Optimus Prime, but there's always one role and one voice, and Kevin Conroy was that Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, Heart of Ice, uh, it's funny, I put a list of episodes, I've got a little crib sheet here, list of episodes that I thought would be ones to sort of highlight, and Heart of Ice is definitely one of them. Yeah, yes, um, yes. Phenomenal. Yeah, Kevin Conroy is acting, but it, it, I mean, that episode itself, I mean, the series as a whole transcended really what sort of Batman was about. Yes, he had phenomenal comic book series and I, I, uh, the the Adam West series in the 60s. Um, love it. I really, love that. Yeah. really was the yeah, for that one. But, um, Heart of Ice, you know, it, it won an Emmy for the writing. Uh, it recreated uh, the origin story and redefined Mr. Freeze as a character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it then took 15 steps backwards with uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character version. <laughs> you know, oh, <laughs> that, that, that is that is sacrilege. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> but Heart of Ice is a brilliant one. Um, I mean, the Joker's yeah. characters. But if we're going to sort of focus on more uh, Kevin Conroy centric mm. episodes, um, Beware the Grey Ghost was oh, one of my favourites. That it, is mm-hmm. such a good one. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the meeting of two worlds as well because you had Adam West as the Grey Ghost, the synonymous character that inspired batman in this universe because mm. zorro is his uh, usual inspiration the mask of zorro um it, that one was brilliant because it was it was literally two batman sort of in their elements just doing just some amazing work on the sort of chewing up some scenery in that yeah experience. it's so good that is a, that was one that i was like that's a great one and you are so right when you bring those two together it did feel like because you don't really get that too much on on like live action, do you? You can't really like. I know we had something similar to that with sort of like with Spider Man when you had all of the Spider Man from previous Spider Man films. Yeah. But like to have the two together and also it not be oh this is 1966 Batman, this is the animated Batman, this is it is just done so well that yeah. it's like a passing of a torch in terms of like this is a, the older Batman to the new Batman in the animated show. It really is great. Uh, it's a yeah. great episode. I also thought another one was would be, is it, oh, what's it called? Um, is it Appointment on Crime Alley? Whilst I'm checking that, Chris, tell us about your memories of Batman. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I people who've listened to podcasts before know that Batman yeah. is my favourite comic book character of all time. Uh, mm. I grew up watching um, the Adam West Batmans, uh, loving them, absolutely mad respect for Adam West. Uh, but then, obviously, also growing up with the Tim Burton films, so Michael Keaton. Yeah. But then, mm. so they kind of were, I guess, for me as a younger person, the, the first kind of move into like a more mature film to watch, rather than like you know your average kids' film. The Tim Burton Batman films aren't necessarily for children because. As much as people think Tim Burton films are for kids, I don't. They were things were a bit looser in the nineties, you know. People yeah. just, yeah, and you know, um, hi to my mom, but she was kind of like, yeah, watch whatever, it's fine. <laughs> so um, here's a gun. Go yeah, run around. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was watching Jaws at like five and six, so I was like, yeah, yeah, and now, now I don't go into water, so you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like 
the Batman films, I remember them being like, oh, these are, you know, these are film films, you know, mm. and then watching the series, because you know, you've watched a lot of cartoons when you're growing up, watching the series, the series always had a much different tone to any other cartoons that were on TV. Yeah. And it definitely replicated the feel of Gotham that I got from, uh, of in the Batman universe in general, much more of the Burton things than it would of anything else. Because this was on the kids' TV show channel, mm. uh, you know, in the morning, you know, when, you know, you're watching, I don't know, all the other stuff that was on Fox Kids or Cartoon Network, whatever the channel was at the time. Yeah. So to see something like this was just like, wow, this is something, and that's, I guess that's kind of what got me into Batman. And I think a lot of that has to do with, like I said, the writing and the maturity, but also every episode is so brilliantly constructed in its own thing. You get a lot of cartoons that, you know, you get filler, you know, you get this episode, it's like, yeah, it's fun, but it's not quite, you know, but I feel like, the animated series hits a lot of beats and every episode yeah. kind of goes, yeah, we've we've really focused on this episode and this episode alone. It's not like we're trying to write 10 episodes mm. at a time. Some are going to be good. Some are going to be like kind of subpar because we've only got so much time. But they've kind of gone, no, we're going to dip everything into every episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah. But there are some episodes that really stand out. Heart of Ice, we already spoke about it, but Heart of Ice... And it, what, you're absolutely right to bring up it won an enemy, an enemy, an enemy of all the other enemy of yeah, for uh, that kind of show episode mm. to win an Emmy shows how good that episode is. It is. They won it a few, is. didn't they? For a character yeah, that yeah, and yeah, you alluded to the obviously the Arnie portrayal of Mister Freeze. <laughs> That that episode is massive for that character and what that character is actually about, which we mm. don't ever really. If you haven't seen that episode, you haven't really got an idea from anything else what Mister mm. Freeze actually is about. Mm. Yeah, apart from the Arnie portrayal, which is why he gets, you know, um, criticized and you know um, made fun of. But really, it gets to and pardon the pun, the heart <laughs> of that character, and I just think. The animated series is great. I wouldn't say I got the notion of voice acting at that point, but I kind of knew there was something special about it. And then yeah. it clicked on me when I was re-watching it. I was like, oh my God, these are the people behind the voices. And this is something, I think voice acting is a really unsung talent mm-hmm. in, in in the industry. Uh, re-watching the animated series as I'm sure you two have mm-hmm. over and over and over again, as I've got older <laughs> and never enjoying it any less, just really appreciating, like you both said, Kevin Cornroy and Mark Hamill, who are probably the pinnacles of voice acting within the roles they've been given and are iconic. And yeah. I agree, Kevin Conroy for me, while you can argue about who's the best on-screen Batman, it doesn't really matter because Kevin Conroy is the best Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Well, whenever you think of Batman, I mean, in my as I said, like you read comic books, mm-hmm. you you watch some television show, anything, you see the image. The first voice I picture or hear in my head is Kevin Conroy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. He just he is the character through and through, and he's got that perfect split duality between Batman and Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I've I've watched several clips of him where you just see him transition, and there's this softer sort of side yes. of him. Mm. with Bruce Wayne and then not too much just subtle but this this gruff um Batman voice that yes or any live depiction save maybe Mike um Michael Keaton mm. is far more drastic mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. with um yeah Robert Pattinson, exactly far more drastic I over. completely agree with you I think that's mm-hmm. why the one that I was trying to remember and it was appointment in crime alley is one where he has to like every year he makes like a pilgrimage to crime alley to like spend time with a carer that he had when he was a child and she gets like muddled up in like a a bit of a criminal activity i won't spoil it but that's an episode why i wanted to bring it up is exactly for that reason he's dressed as batman but with her he speaks like bruce but then in with other people he speaks in his batman voice and there is there is a subtle difference but it's i think he is the you are right 
I mean, I, I I might disagree a little bit with Michael Keaton with the, do you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> not, not quite what I imagine Bruce Wayne being. But I, I think Kevin Conroy just really captured what it's like to have a duality of 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 character and and have to put on a mask now mm-hmm. interestingly enough like on his personal life i think he, he wrote a book about uh his time as batman and and also that he had to be closeted gay for a long time yeah and um mm-hmm. he, he talked about how that kind of played into his role as bruce wayne and batman and that duality of character and it, i think i completely agree with you toby i think he he just so catches perfectly and it's only subtle the change in voice between Bruce and Batman, and that there is yeah. a difference, and they and are he could do it on distinct. a dime as well, which is amazing. I mean, after decades of playing the character, mm. I'd imagine you'd, you'd get quite a dab hand, but <laughs> you get a lot of people. Even Mark Hamill, his voice has changed a bit over the years. Mm. Kevin Conroy, I, I mean, I'm playing games as a as a online video game. Um, DC Multiverse or Warner Brothers Multiverses. It's a fighting game, and it's the mm. last thing that he, I think, he voiced, mm. other than a few TV and uh, films, bits and pieces here and there. And it's exactly the same. You could watch yeah. an episode of the animated series, and you could watch the, uh, play this game, the Arkham games, and it and it just it's a through line. He's just yep. perfect all the way through. There's there's never a dip in quality. No, um, he, he's just fantastic, and it's oh man, bumming me out a little bit, but. <laughs> It's, it's yeah it's so sad that, it's like, sad it's mm-hmm. really it's just hit me a bit more now we're talking about it it's just so sad that like 66 and probably like had a lot more to keep doing because as you say he's like he kept doing it it's not like he stopped you know he's voiced in some fantastic video games like they are those arkham games are fantastic and like They're brilliant yeah. oh yeah it, it, the first one in particular, just like I know the rest are all very good, but that first one blew my mind when I played it. I was like, "This is amazing!" And for them to get, you know, Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, like the the voicing and that again, it, it just shows that like they knew the people making the game were like, "We have to get Batman, yeah. we have to get the Joker, we'll get the two, we'll actually get them." These are well, the guys they, that people think of. They even got uh, Paul Dini because you've got the three. Well, technically, there's four Arkham games. You've got mm. Arkham, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City. Arkham, Arkham Origins and there's Arkham Origins. Arkham Origins sort of separate to a degree, mm-hmm. but you've got Arkham Asylum and Arkham City that were both written by Paul Dini, who mm. was a through line through the animated series in terms of writing. He he did some of the, the great characters. It's um, just perfect, he, isn't it? He created Harley Quinn, who yeah yeah transcended this show yeah and pop culture a hell of a lot because I mean this this show was instrumental in so many things for dc mm-hmm. and then moving forward i you know this inspired a whole line of animated shows mm-hmm. and in no small part was kevin conroy sort of instrumental in that oh massively like this one of my favorite Superman. ones was batman beyond like i loved that yeah, show. yeah that was brilliant oh, yeah yeah the season batman oh, Bruce Wayne. he does that really well again a slight change in voice to show an older batman yeah and it just again really really perfect like I, I, one of the best parts of that show is him as Batman. Like, I really like. What's the um, younger Batman called again? Terry McGuinness. There you go. I told you he was better comic book knowledge than I am. Like, <laughs> he is like an oracle of comic book. I mean, I'm just a big Batman nerd. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, Terry McGuinness is great, and like, he's a really interesting character. But some of the best stuff in that is older Bruce Wayne yeah. portrayed by Kevin Conroy, and having to accept you're no longer that character anymore. You're no longer Batman. You know, and you have to pass that torch, and he does that so well. Mm. Um, and again, one of my earlier memories was um, Batman Beyond the film with the Return of the Joker. Um, yeah, and I love that film. That is messed up. Like that. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> like I remember so well the like when they they find they're having the flashback. Flashback like, scene. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, that's the best part of that. It is a shadow of a doubt. It is, but it's so messed up. It's oh, no. <laughs> so messed up. I don't know whether we should tell people, but if you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's really yeah. like fantastic. And like again, in terms of the tapestry that is the animated series, it really just goes so well into there. But god damn, there's a particular bit where you're finding out what happened to Robin at the hands of Joker, and Jesus. Yeah. Pretty bad. It's real bad. In terms of his canon. We've obviously spoken about the video games, the Arkham series, mm. uh, the multiple things he's done, Return of the Joker being uh, one of the films. 
I think that's a good way for us to yeah. get into talking about what didn't even m- mean to do that, but seamless. It's <laughs> great. Well-oiled machine. Ian. Um, the probably the uh, let's we could probably say the best of the films that mm. he starred in, which is Mask of the Phantasm yes. from 1993, which I remember rewatching recently for the Batman ranking I did, and just being like. Yeah, this is still mm-hmm. amazingly good. Mm-hmm. Do, do you remember? Do you remember the first time you saw it? What are your thoughts on it? And just like, just tell me how incredible it is. Is what I'm asking. <laughs> it's the best movie in the world. <laughs> uh, uh, for me, anyway. If I jump in, um, you jump. You jump in. You jump in. Both, both feet. I, I, it, to be honest, I think it's a toss-up between the odd episode or this was what was the first. Um, foray into the batman animated series universe i remember having this on vhs and carbon dating me there and <laughs> it, it, I, I feel yeah i must have worn well, it guys don't worry i was there as well we all we, we, i had more dvds but vhs's i have <laughs> i remember taking this like back in my primary school going into school and they were saying oh you know bring a film in and we can watch it. It was one of those end of year sort of things. Oh, so I yeah. brought Mask of the Phantasm in. And I remember none of the kids watching it and sort of appreciate it. Me just sitting transfixed being like, I've watched this thousands of times and every time I put it on, it's it's still brilliant. And it it, it, it came, I think, not too long after uh, the Michael Keaton Batman movie. Mm. And this still is my Batman movie. You had this and that sort of hand in hand at that sort of stage of what sort of film was out but this one completely blew that out of the water for me as a kid and to be honest still as an adult it's my favorite origin story for batman Mm. um i think just the characterization of bruce seeing the turmoil of him wanting to move on with his love interest andrea and the burden of his promise to his parents sort of looms large throughout the whole um, film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of the films we've seen, live action films of the year, they've all, I mean, they all have that scene where his parents were killed in the alley. And we've seen yeah. it tons Maybe of times. Maybe too many times. <laughs> Way too many times. Um, Thomas and Martha. <laughs> people, who, people who've never seen Batman know how his parents die. That's how many times it's been died. Yeah. There is a uh, super cut on YouTube of every time it's been shown. It's I mean, cool. I do want to see that. that, that <laughs> so many pearls. <laughs> uh, but I think you've 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 hit me on the head there, Toby. The well, those films they all talk about Batman's, I guess, quote unquote, motivation, like. He wants to clear up crime so no one has to go through what he went through. This film really does that properly and it makes you understand why he puts on the suit night after night to do it. And mm. But also the inner turmoil he has within him to do that and not just give it up and have a... Because he could have a normal life. He could have yeah. whatever he wants in life, but he can't let go. No. And this film is perfect in that mm-hmm. as a narrative it's just for and i remember i think it was one of the first like animated things like that i ever saw from what was essentially based on a cartoon animated series and just thinking that is so elevated in terms of storytelling than yeah. anything else and mm-hmm. it's just incredible it is it is like i watched it again today um and uh, one of the things i was really struck by um, even though it did, I did mess up my timings a little bit, but I ended up being here on time, so it was fine. But the, it, I really liked that it was just an hour and like twenty minutes. I'm mm-hmm. like, I've missed those days yeah. where you can have a really good story in nice just an hour and twenty minutes. I was like, saying, I was saying this to my wife just now. Literally, I was like, why are films like three hours long anymore? It's like ninety minutes in and out, done, good. And it's it, it, storytelling a lot of the time, isn't it? It's it like, is. Just have to yeah, everything and something will hit with someone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of like, not to go listen to the other podcast, but that's kind of what me and Simone were saying with Black Panther. It kind of has so much in it, and it tries to do so much that it kind of misses in places. Yeah, um, whereas, whereas this is an hour and a half or yeah. just under, and it's tight, it does what it needs to do, it gets yeah. in and out, it doesn't bloat itself with it doesn't stuff. At all. 
and it's it could, just so put like on point as you say it's like tight with its yeah, story yeah. it's going this is we're going from here to here to here to here done right yeah there you go yeah like, and it hits drop. all the points and, really well like yeah. there's so many sprinkles of like homages to different films mm-hmm. but it, 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 it was the same with the comic books itself you know year one um, Batman. There's there's so many little sprinklings of the inspiration, particularly with the the police chase um, versus Batman, mm-hmm. uh, just mm-hmm. after the the, the the phantasm sort of gets away. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's an amazing chase scene. And Such a good chase scene. I was thinking that when I was watching it just now, I was like, damn, this is like so. Mu-. Not that I was like, I don't remember it being good. It's like I have a lot of people who tell me it's their number one Batman film. Like. Speaking yeah. on Simone's behalf, who can't be here today, she says it's the, in her opinion, it's the best Batman film. I'd uh, agree. And I can see why. Like, it is really bloody good. Like, and as you say, that chase scene is really good. Like, I don't, there's some films like, you know, I don't want to slag off some Batman films, but Batman versus Superman, I don't think captures, like, the emotion of that. Like, it's just kind of action for action's sake. And I know they're different. They are very different. But that, like, the panic that Bruce has trying to get away and really having to like use all the tricks he has to get out of that situation and eventually he's saved rather than being it himself is is so good and the emotion in that is just really is is so high um but yeah it, it is a great film it is amazing but batman, shows... Ver- batman versus superman has that martha scene where they shout martha at each other <laughs> i mean that's that's cinema gold right there it's like shakespeare well, what the animated series in Mask of the Phantasm does so well is it humanizes Bruce and Batman. Mm, yeah. You know, it's a man in a costume fighting crime. Yeah. And yeah, the movies touch on that. I think probably the closest movie that gets to that is probably Batman Begins. Yeah. He's yeah. in The Batman. Whilst I love the movie, he's a Sherman tank in that suit. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's tanking bullets coming at him from machine guns and all sorts. But in in the animated series in the animated series and in The Mask of the Phantasm He's getting hit. He's getting knocked out a lot, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in this, you know, that chase scene with the the, the, the police fighting the Joker, mm. all these sort of the goons. He's he's getting beaten up. He's he's bleeding. And there's a lot of blood in this for a PG. I think it is. Yeah, um, yeah. He's getting mm-hmm. sliced up by the Joker at the end. <laughs> yeah, that that scene. I mean, the they got away with a lot. I think, as Chris was saying, because it's the nineties. 90s. 90s were a different time, flexibility. man. <laughs> <laughs> But you, you, I mean, it wasn't ever particularly visceral, but you know, you get away with some pretty dark, violent mm-hmm. fight scenes. Because yeah. in, in this movie in particular, some of the deaths that the Joker causes with the laughing gas. Oh yeah, um, that's that's brutal. Particularly with um, uh, 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 Charles Valestra mm. when the Phantasm goes to oh, it's, really it's the reveal. Up. He turns around, he's on the chair, yeah, and he's just this gaunt smiling just grin like and position. then you got mark yeah it's oh it's brilliant yeah and then the phantasm who you know spoilers for a film that's older than i am but the he pulls, pulls, <laughs> all right no my age <laughs> jeez <laughs> sorry guys but <gasps> <laughs> just that brief look into the void there <laughs> As uh, Hello Darkness, my old friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we found out, obviously, Andrea is the Phantom, but in that scene, again, it, it it shows. I mean, this isn't to do with Kevin Conroy. I think it just shows how great this 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 um, this film is. Like they portray the panic that Andrea has as the Phantom when she realizes that she's caught out by the Joker, and. Yeah. The, the the eyes of the phantom change they become like a lot wider and a lot more panicked and like has to run from the situation um that's a great scene again something that you could totally like see in live action but i think in the animation they do such an amazing job of portraying like the emotion of the situation without needing it to be in live action well, it's um, funny you say that about the eyes because something <laughs> i've got my nice little crib sheet here was this in the animated series it kind of coined the the quintessential Batman eye squint. Yeah, you know yeah. when when stuff gets serious, so to speak. Yeah, where you know he's he's squinting, he intimidates whomever, and it's it's just quintessential Batman. Mm. And I think this and the animated series because there's that phenomenal scene where 
this is just a beat by beat. You don't have to watch the movie. We're just going to explain it all. But <laughs> where, where he first dons the mask. And this is, this, and there's another scene that are probably my two favorite scenes in this. Cause it's, it's that transition from Bruce to Batman and Alfred sitting in the background Bruce is putting on his garb and everything like that. And there's just, it's just a darkly lit scene. It's all silhouettes. Bruce is standing there. He puts out his hand. He's got the cape on. Alfred passes him the mask. No dialogue up until the end. Puts on the mask. I squint. Just this amazing orchestral music from Shirley Walker. And you get two words of dialogue. My God, from Alfred. And it's just, that's Batman. Mm -hmm. That that is just one of my favorite scenes. Amazing scene. All of Batman. Uh, history goosebumps you explaining it man that is yeah is an I, amazing love, scene. I love it. it's brilliant it's amazing it's such a good scene it is it's it's great and i think the the way we've spoken about kevin conroy in the last f- 40 minutes or so it's just it's a real testament to a man who was so dedicated to what he did that he could find different levels to basically make us always believe that he is batman and that batman was real for Mm -hmm. whatever time we spent with him Mm -hmm. um i think we obviously very sad and it'll take a while to for it to really sink in Mm -hmm. but i think we are lucky i guess obviously that he has left us with so much such a body of work that we can always refer back to Mm -hmm. and enjoy and know that everything he did he did completely and we we know that it's 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 an always an amazing performance especially when he's with mark hamill yeah. on the other end between the two of them whether it's the video games tv shows the films he did he he will be missed and it's it's tough you know when someone you've known for many years suddenly isn't around anymore mm-hmm. and it's hard to think i don't even want to really think about what the future for the voice of batman holds um but i guess that's a question we'll answer um it is it is sort of similar not to like because i think your 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 summary of that that scene toby and your little thing there chris as well is a good way to like close up on that on Mm -hmm. kevin conroy because like that is that scene as you say is that's batman and that is how you think of kevin conroy that's batman and Um, it is sort of similar to our previous tribute episode, which is it's a shame that in this year we've had to be doing it quite a lot and we've missed quite a few people who've passed away, sadly, in the, in the pop culture comic book sort of world. But another mm-hmm. one that touched upon that w- did really affect us was obviously Jeff Loeb passing away. Jeff Loeb, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like, but it's a similar feeling of somebody that you've had there. You like We've never met Kevin Conroy or Jeff Loeb and, and many of these other creators who meant a lot to us. But when they're not there, it's kind of like a very like what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of like a sinking feeling, I guess. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and it's an sad. uncertainty as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you are right. We have a a catalog of like amazing, amazing like episodes and and films and games to refer to. And much like Toby, every time I read a comic book, I'm gonna be hearing Kevin Conroy's voice with Batman. Yeah, absolutely. Toby, is there anything you'd like to say about Kevin Conroy before we wrap up? Yeah, uh, the only thing that uh, just kind of makes me laugh is that Batman wasn't the role that he actually wanted when he auditioned. Yeah. He I wanted to go through the Har- yeah. <laughs> Harvey Bullock uh, or Commissioner <laughs> Gordon because he thought they were a bit more juicy roles. <laughs> and that the creators had to convince him to take Batman. It's like, no, no, no. You'll be Batman. He's the main character. He's like, ah, I want to be the crooked cop or the the, the put upon commissioner. I was like, just just to think how the world could be different if we if could you take imagine? that choice. Yeah, I mean, Commissioner Gordon would then be synonymous, but no. Nah, I, I I to be fair, I think he could have done all the roles. And yeah. Yes, so. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gone on to you know he's gone on to inspire so many voice actors since you know and just. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, th- I don't think there's anything else to say on yeah. him. He was interesting to see what happens with the the new show they were going to make with him. I think it was what, Beware the Batman. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that as well. Beware the Batman or the, the something the Crusader is the one where J.J. Abrams 
it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that now. Mm. Mm. Do you know if he had done like his actual parts for it? I'm not sure. I'm not mm-hmm. sure because I think there was also the the maybes of it with what's been going on with Warner Brothers since the the transition yeah, with Discovery. Yeah. Yeah. James Gunn and you know James Gunn and Zaslav are going to put out their new plan at some point soon. Mm. See how the DCU. Yeah, that'll be that'll be the the next big I guess thing to talk about, like in, to look forward to. I guess to transition away from <laughs> Conroy and, uh, but uh, not that we ever could. Dowerly look to the future. We, yeah, but I guess that's something for us to be talking to in the future and for you, the listeners, to look forward to is that we are going to have to be talking about what the DCU, no longer the DCEU, what was it before? It was DCEU, it's like <sighs> DCU, which we don't know if stands for <laughs> Detective Comics Universe or Detective Comics Cinematic Universe. <laughs> I think it's a fair point. Like, I don't... What does it stand for? <laughs> um, or just to... Te- yeah, I mean... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, they've... they've uh, well, but we do need to figure out what that's going to look like and what the universe is going to look like. Something we've always talked about in the past, Obi and I, is that they should really lean into that animated world because they had such yeah. a plethora of, of stories, talent, etc. there, which... Obviously, with the passing Kevin Conroy, that makes it a bit more difficult, but I'm sure they can figure out a pattern around that. But it is something for us to talk about and for you, the listeners, to look forward to for the future. And obviously, our discussions on Phase 4 as well, that's going to be coming. Absolutely. We have those coming up. You know, mm-hmm. When we know more about DCU, then we will figure, figure it out with everyone else. It's, it's hard to say, isn't it? DCU. <laughs> You know what? It is hard to say, which is weird because we've said we've seen MCU for like fourteen years, but we can't see DCU for some reason. It's just—I think it's because we've been used to saying DCEU, and now they've gone. Now it's the DCU. I'm just like it keeps tripping me up. I'm sure I'll get used to it, but well, they need to, they need to tell us what it stands for. You've got to get used to it before they do another reboot, and then it's something else. Yeah. Do you know true. what? They're kind of following. DC's sort of like comic pattern anyway, aren't yeah, they? We're in the new 52 phase now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll have rebirth soon. The DCU yeah. new 52 rebirth universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blooming, bl- what's his face? Dr. Manhattan will be strolling around with his blue schlong out. You know, that'll be the, that'll be the next big thing. Oh, you, happy you, days. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Manhattan um, Well... It's been good having you both on the podcast to, to discuss the, the really important uh, <laughs> in matters. Um, Toby, I hope you come back, not just to talk about Dr. Manhattan and his <laughs> his, his schlong. Yeah, if that's on the <laughs> horizon, know. I'm always there. Yeah, so um, if you can take a break from your ASMR uh, career. <laughs> then... <laughs> Remember us when you get to the top. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll bring you there with me. Um, but it's been great having you both. It's not been obviously the most uplifting conversation, but it has been cathartic for me in yeah, a way. In a way. Um, I feel like we've really paid tribute as much as we possibly could have done to someone mm. who's really been there pretty mm. much, well, most of my life, all of your life, Ian. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I think that's, that's, that's all we can ask for is we've got a, great body of work to remember and buy and he will be missed mm-hmm. um that is it for this week's episode of the phantom zone we will have more episodes coming up very shortly uh the much alluded to phase four and dcu episodes when we know more about them mm-hmm. um but until then thank you ian thank you toby thank you very nice and um thank you listeners it's always good to have you with us so until next time see you later bye 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 bye